What up and welcome to the Beneath the Dirt Podcast. I'm your host, Ron Bone. Thank you for tuning in. Episode 107 up in here. The last episode for the month of October. Lots of shit going down this upcoming week. Not so much news last week. Couple things. A little bit of new music. But this upcoming week is going to be some shit. We're going to see the sixth Joker's card. Not the sixth. The fifth of the second deck. We got Twisted's Freak Show. Fucking Extravaganza Friday night. Hollow Wicked Saturday. And uh, yeah. More new music. Dropping. I appreciate everybody that's tuned in right now. Much love. Whether you're on YouTube or your favorite podcast platform, it is much appreciated. Thank you again. I am not worthy, sir. And ma'am. And they and them. But let's get into some uh, new music this week, shall we? Let's talk about shit that I didn't cover last week. On last week's show, I forgot to talk about a couple things. This being one of them, Twisted's, not Twisted, Magic Ninja's sub-label Welcome to the Underground announced their new artist, rapper Red, R-E-double-D. You've heard this dude on the ROC's Digital Voodoo album. He had Jamie Madrox on his last project that he put out. I remember they were pushing that. Makes sense that this dude is on the Welcome to the Underground sub-label of Magic Ninja. His new album dropping November 13th, Symphony of Sympathy. Pre-orders are up for that right now. He did drop a couple of tracks. I didn't peep the first one. I peeped the second one because it had Blaze on it. And it was almost on some like country shit. I don't know. I wasn't really feeling the song. I don't know what this dude's all about. But forgot to talk about it on last week's show. Not feeling the single with Blaze. Um, he did his thing on the Digital Voodoo album with ROC. I believe he was on uh, you know, one of the 420 CDs that Twisted put out a couple years back as well. Um, but other than that, not overly familiar. But again, November 16th, the album is dropping. Rapper Red. Or November 13th. Sorry. Um... So yeah, that was one of the things I forgot to talk about last week. Another thing I forgot to talk about last week was Twisted Monoxide had a live stream talking about the new album from Twisted, the rock album, dropping on Black Friday. So the new album dropping Black Friday. He's been dropping a letter to the album As far as I know, up until right now, 7.32 p.m., October 25th, it's R-E-V-U. So I took a guess at it. I commented on one of their posts on Instagram. I typed in R-E-V-U into into the Googles, see what would be the first word to pop up. First word to pop up, revulsion. That's the first word that popped up. A sense of disgust and loathing. All right. I would imagine that the Twisted Rock EP is going to be heavily on some emo shit. 
this title makes absolute fucking sense to me. It's not confirmed that this is the title or not, but Revulsion was the first word I popped that Google popped up when I typed in R-E-V-U. So makes sense as far as if we're going to get an emo-sounding rock album from Twisted, but that's my guess on the name of the album. He was supposed to go on a live stream, Monoxide, last week and announce the fifth letter, and I don't think he ever did. I double-checked before the show. I didn't see any stream that he did last week announcing the fifth letter, unless it was on IG and it never got posted to YouTube and I missed out on it. But if the fifth letter isn't L and he did announce it, is what it is, I suppose. But that's my guess. He also talked about on his stream, it was damn near two weeks ago at this point, the Freak Show Experience, which is going down this Friday, October 30th, Devil's Night. The Freak Show Experience with special guests Blaze and ABK as drive-by. He's talking there's going to be music videos for every single song off Freak Show. Dope. Um, I called this shit a few weeks back. I said, I hope that there's going to be music videos for every song off Freak Show. It'd be better and more entertaining than watching like a live performance like they did at, you know, during the NetFest special, which was still dope. They, they had fun with it. But the fact that we're getting music videos for every song off Freak Show 20 years later is going to be dope. Are they going to change the We Don't Die video? That was the first thing I thought of. Classic video. You know, We Don't Die, them ICP blaze on the Ouija board, burying their unpainted bodies. So I'd be curious to see if they did a new video for that or not. But shit, we're going to get a video for Fall Apart, Bags, fucking I'm Different. So many ill songs off that Freak Show album. Mega hyped for that. I still haven't ordered that shit. I'm glad I'm talking about it. I'm going to order this shit right after the show. Still haven't ordered it, but no way I'm going to miss that Freak Show experience. Music video for every song off the album. Very dope. Uh, another thing he talked about or just kind of mentioned on the stream was says Jelly Roll and Ritz are secret ninjas. Now, I've been kind of suspecting that Ritz has been working very closely with Magic Ninja. And I still think he's working very closely with Strange Music as well. The only reason why I think he works with Magic Ninja is because Magic Ninja fills his merch orders. (laughs) It comes from the same fucking town that they ship their shit from. You look up the address. It goes right back to Magic Ninja. So there's that. When I bought his new album, I thought it was curious that Ritz was shipping his shit from, you know, Michigan. And it's under a different name. It's not Magic Ninja when you receive the order, but it's easily traceable back to Magic Ninja. And I know he did when he did his vinyl. He thanked Magic Ninja for the hookup on the vinyl. So there's that. That was, you know, another thing that got me thinking like this dude's working really fucking close with Magic Ninja. And then Monoxide saying that he's a, you know, quote unquote secret ninja. Kind of confirmed it. Not really big news or who even really gives a fuck. 
At least you know you're going to get your orders, though, because Magic Ninjas does stay on top of their shit as when it comes to orders and pre-orders and, you know, merch and all that. So that's dope. When he says Jelly Roll is a secret ninja, I don't know. I never ordered anything from Jelly Roll. So I don't know if his shit gets shipped from uh, the same, you know, from Michigan like Magic Ninja and Ritz does. You know, Magic Ninja based out of somewhere outside of Detroit. I can't even remember the fucking name of the town. So yeah, Ritz makes fucking sense to me. I swear he's like, yeah, he's doing his own shit with the clientele. But I swear he's got like that. He's got that Magic Ninja strange music connection like a motherfucker. Uh, nothing crazy there. And then he also said uh, they're going to be adding a new producer to m and And he says people will call them dicks because of it. You know, they got the m and Beats thing. God Synth, Stir Crazy, Monoxide, Young Wicked, Fritz, the ROC. I think that covers it all. As far as Magic Ninja producers, said it's gonna it's gonna be another producer from M and E Beats. People are gonna call them dicks because of it. Who do you speculate will be the new producer for Magic Ninja? I don't think it could be Seven. I don't know why people would call him dicks because it would be Seven, but I don't think it would be Seven. Mikey Clark would be interesting, but I I doubt that. Especially after the ICP Don shoot interview, which we'll get to a few minutes, where they talked about Mikey Clark. Uh, other producers, I have no idea. I don't see why people would think they're dicks for signing a uh, a new producer. But the main thing right here is the new album, My Speculation, Revulsion, dropping Black Friday. That's the name of the album to me as of right now. A sense of disgust and loathing is the definition for revulsion. What do you think the album is? The letters are R-E-V-U. Let me fucking know what you think. In other news, Triz, West Coast artist. This dude's ill. Dude puts out dope music. Classic West Coast sounding shit. He went on Twitter and said, I just got the master back for this song with me. Tech Nine and Gmo Ski. Fresh. This dude works with bigger dude, bigger named artists in the underground. Ritz. Uh, there's a couple others. Can't think off the top of my head. But I fuck with Triz. Um, not a huge fan. And when I say I'm not a huge fan, I'm just not super familiar with his albums. I couldn't name songs or anything like that. But when I check his music out, shit is dope. Dude does his thing. I know he's got a project with Brother Lynch Hung in the works. I'm definitely looking forward to that. Brother Lynch, you know, legendary West Coast MC. But he's got this track with Tech Nine and Gmo Ski on deck. I'm definitely hyped for that. Maybe on some West Coast shit, you know, Gmo, Triz, both West Coast artists. Tech Nine, known to rock over some West Coast sounding shit, especially early on in his career. So I'm definitely hyped for that. Thought that was some interesting news. That was another thing forgot to talk about last week. So that wraps up everything I forgot to talk about last week. So thank you for bearing with me. Surprised nobody called me out on that shit. Usually people do. You forgot to talk about this. Forgot to talk about that. 
fuck it. We got it out of the way. Let's get into some new shit going down this week. Joker's Gallery, homie of mine, been on the show a bunch of times. He's had me on the 2019 ICP Amazing Jekyll Brothers documentary celebrating 20 years of Amazing Jekyll Brothers. Well, he's coming out with a brand new documentary, documentary, 20 and 20, a bizarre, a very bizarre, bizarre history all about the bizarre, bizarre albums from ICP dropping on Halloween, I believe. Should have double-checked the release date, but I believe it's dropping on Halloween. And Bizarre's, Bizarre, you know, the albums are turning 2020 this year. I mean, 20 years old this year. That's fucking crazy. I remember copping those albums. He had me be a part of the documentary. So I'm not going to talk about what went down, how I copped the albums, whatever. You want to hear me talk about the Bizarre Bizarre and what I remember from that era, definitely check out that 20 and 20 documentary that the homie Joker's Gallery is putting out, I believe on Halloween, on the Fago Lovers YouTube channel. Much love for having, you know, for him having me be a part of that once again. That's the motherfucking homie. And I'm definitely looking forward to it. Dude puts out ill documentaries. His newest one, the Dirtumentary. The Alice in Chains documentary, fucking fire. Really good documentary. Um, he did the the Twisted uh, Experience, I think it was called. I can't remember. He had the Hollow Wicked documentary, the Amazing Jekyll Brothers ones. Fucking fire. Honored to be a part of the Bizarre Bizarre. You know, criminally underrated albums, I think. I think they've gotten more love in recent years. As time has gone on, but man, 20 years. Same with Freak Show. Crazy. Uh, More new music this week. We got a brand new fucking EP from King Crooked, also known as Crooked Eye, formerly of Slaughterhouse. He put out his new EP, Flag, nine tracks, clocking in at 28 minutes. I got about halfway through it. I was listening to it as I was doing the pre-production for the show. Sounds good. Crooked Eye. Elite MC. Dude raps his ass off. He's He put out one of my favorite projects this year. Him and Joel Ortiz with that hard EP. Housing Authority Rap District. That fucking EP is so damn hard. It beats a lot of albums that came out this year. If you ain't peep that shit, peep it. This new one, Flag, that he dropped this past Friday, sounds really good as well. I'm definitely going to dive into the full thing this week. Just didn't get a chance uh, this weekend. But King Crooked, like I said, legendary West Coast artist, elite MC. I'm a fan. So go peep that if you ain't checked it out yet. Another new EP dropped this week, Tech 9 Dropped Fear Exodus this past Friday. Eight songs, 20 minutes. Very short listen. But not a bad listen. I like this EP better than the More Fear EP that he put out a few months back. I think if he... I don't know if these are leftovers from the from the Fear album. Enter Fear album. Same with the More Fear. 
But if they were, he could have took songs off this and the more fear took off the weaker songs, in my opinion, that were on Interfere to make a better album. Because that album started out hard, but quickly took a nosedive. Um, I listened to it twice. E-Pod with JL is very dope. You got the posse cut on there, I think, with pretty much the whole Strange Music crew. Those are the early standouts to me. And then on the very last song, Making a Killing, he announced the name of the next uh, Tech 9 LP. It's going to be Asinine. A-S-I-N-9-N-E. Asinine is the next LP. Probably going to drop 2021. I hope it's dope. Last year he had put out um, one of my favorite releases of the year with, I can't remember the name, Nina. Love that album. Really dope. I still go back to it every once in a while. Bump that shit straight through. No skips. I love Tech 9 One of my all-time favorite rappers. But I, I'll still say it. You know, Nina was an exception. It was a really good album. But I think if he really just took a year off and worked on an album, you know, instead of just constantly putting shit out all the time and just took his time and just worked on an album, it you know, obviously it ain't going to take you a full year to work on an album, but take a little vacation and put out like a really quality body of work. I think he's still got one in him. You know, everything he puts out has decent songs on it. Whether the full body of work is good or not, you know, it's up for your interpretation, but I wasn't feeling into fear. More fear was okay. Fear Exodus is okay. They could have took good songs off both these EPs, made Enter Fear a better body of work, but is what it is. Still some solid tracks on this Fear Exodus though. So if you ain't checked it out and you're definitely if you're a fan of Tech Nine, it's definitely worth at least one listen. There's some shit that I'll go back to on that for sure. So Tech Nine, that was the only strange music release this week too. Pretty slow week for strange music, only one release. No announcements of any new projects. But we did get a new song from Esham the Unholy. He dropped his new single, Effed Up. And I like I like the subject matter on a lot of new Isham's music. The stuff that he puts out. He's talking about the right shit, current events, all that. His subject matter is good. But the delivery of these songs is just not good. He sounds bored on the microphone. There's like... There's no emphasis, no oomph, no charisma, maybe, of, you know, behind him, what he's saying, how he's saying it. The delivery is executed poor. How about that? In my opinion. I see people give Isham a lot of credit for being different, but I don't know. To me, just being different doesn't mean it's going to be good or... Yeah, I give him credit for being different, but I just wish it was executed different 
I wish it was executed how he did that Ricochet song on that Supervillains for that Hollow Wicked single. Was it last year or the year before? You know, he came fucking super correct on that. And I wish that's how he would come on a lot of these songs that he's dropping. But to me, he sounds bored, you know? It's a far stretch from the 90s Esham. Yeah, we're 20 years out from that shit. But I think he can uh, execute these songs better, you know? So the new song, Effed Up, wasn't for me. Maybe it'll be for you if you're a fan of the newer Esham style. Peep that. It's available everywhere. Apple Music, Spotify, all that shit. But let's get into the ICP streams this week. You know, the House Party Peep Show is going strong throughout the month of October. We got three new streams to talk about. Last Monday was Stories from the Road, the Oddcast podcast. With ICP Jump Steady. Stories from the road. And it was a lot of talk about beating the shit out of people on the road. You know? There's some really good stories on here. I thought this was an entertaining show. As most of these streams that they've been putting on have been pretty fucking entertaining. The stories from the road. A little bit of groupie talk on there as well. But a lot of talk beating the shit out of people. (laughs) Pretty funny. And I dig it. I I dug the show. It was entertaining to me. Again, I'll say it. The best part about these shows is if you can't stay up, you could go back and watch any of the fucking streams that they've done already. At any time. Yeah, I know they're being uploaded to YouTube and shit. You know, I know that's going to happen. It is what it is, but... You know, you paid the 65, I guess you pay the 65 really for the merch pack that you're getting and to get to watch it live and interact with the chat, you know, the chat be wilding out. So the oddcast podcast stories from the road was definitely a good watch slash slash listen. And then we had on Wednesday night, the Don shoe interview. This is why, you know, people say controversial, whatever. I'll say this. The Don Shoot interview was kind of disappointing. It kind of, they kind of saved it towards the end where they talked about some shit. Uh, I wrote notes down for it and I didn't get, um, I listened to it a second time through and I'm just now remembering that I didn't fucking finish the last 20 minutes of the podcast where I was taking notes for it for the Don shoot interview hosted by Chris Hansen. So why don't you have a fucking seat right there, right? Right there. Have a fucking seat. And we're going to break down everything that they talked about. And I'll try to remember shit that they talked about the last 20 minutes. Uh, one of the first questions, Chris Hansen, you know, it was all questions from the chat. That Chris Hansen was reading to the dons of psychopathic ICP jump steady Billy Bill. Billy Bill's a quiet motherfucker too. He really didn't talk much during this shoot interview. But one of the first questions was, you know, what's your biggest regrets throughout your career? Shaggy said his biggest regret is probably 
um, ruining opportunities caused from him being an alcoholic, from him drinking. I thought that was interesting. That was like, you know, kind of opening up, you know. He said his drinking fucked up a lot of opportunities for them. Fucked up shows, couldn't remember his lyrics on stage. So he regrets that. I thought that was dope of Shaggy to open up like that. Jay, Violent J's biggest regret was Ray Day. If you remember Ray Day during the Bizarre Bizarre era. Where they challenged Juggalos to buy a copy of the Bizarre Bizarre album. And give it to a homie to try to put them onto ICP. Um, Violent J said that it wasn't a money grab. They weren't just trying to do it to sell more records. They really were just trying to put more people onto ICP, but he could see how it looked like a quick money grab for them to sell more records when people already bought the record. You know, you got to remember that day, October 31st, 2000, three records came out that day, the two Bizarre albums and the Twisted albums. Ninjas was broke that day. I didn't even have enough money to buy all three. So to have Juggalos, and at that time, it was a younger crowd too. Today, I can I can afford to go out on a new music Friday or whatever and buy three new music releases. But when you're 17 years old, you ain't got a job, whatever. Even if you do get a job, you working at Wendy's or some shit, you know? You might not be able to afford all three of them copies. And you might have to steal it. You might get caught. And ultimately, that ain't worth it. So, Violent J's biggest regret was Ray Day. Uh, They're talking about how psychopathic is just ICP, how they can't provide opportunities for any new artists. So, psychopathic is just ICP. Uh, But then at one point during the interview, they did say that Ouija Mac is the only other artist still signed to psychopathic records. So why they said Psychopathic is just ICP when Ouija Mac is technically still signed, even though he releases no music through Psychopathic. And that's actually one of the notes, you know, Ouija Mac being signed to Psychopathic. So that's kind of weird, but it's still dope that he could just do whatever the fuck he wants, you know? And but still rep the hatchet, you know. Big Hoodoo still has the hatchet on his shit. Ouija Mac raps about the hatchet, uh, reps the hatchet with you know the logos all over his shit. So it's like psychopathic is still a thing, but it's not. So it's weird, it's more like a crew than it is a record label at this point. So ICP is the only artist on psychopathic. Uh, a question came up about Mikey Clark. Mikey Clark is just getting back into music. Violent J was talking about how Juggalos want Mikey Clark to produce their shit, which we do. I wish the next Joker's card, Yum Yum Bedlam, was being produced by Mikey Clark in its entirety. And they talked about how he does have production on the next card, but it's actually older production that he did for previous Joker's cards that didn't make the cut for whatever reason. So I'm curious to hear what kind of sound these Mikey Clark beats 
are going to have, if it's going to sound like Bang Pow Boom or Mighty Death Pop era, something like that. You know, we just have to wait and see. So the beats on Yum Yum Bedlam are older beats from Mikey Clark. Uh, He's just getting back into music slowly. They said he has a lot of personal shit that he's been going through. They didn't discuss it because it's not their business to discuss. Uh, Jump Steady also pointed out how Mikey Clark no-showed three three gatherings in a row at the last minute. And that's why Mikey Clark doesn't get booked for gatherings anymore because he no-shows. And not only does he no-show, but he no-shows at the last second. So they can't try to get somebody to fill his spot. So that's why you don't see Mikey Clark. And when they talk, when Jump Steady was talking about that, Mikey Clark no showing the gathering, canceling last minute, it made me think about, I think it was this year's Astronomicon where Project Deadman was supposed to perform. Could have been last year. I don't remember, but Project Deadman was supposed to perform at Astronomicon. So that made me think maybe Mikey e. Clark canceled that shit last minute. Who knows? Who knows if what they're fucking saying is even true, but it's what they said. So, but th- that, if, if in fact is true that Mikey e. Clark no-showed three gatherings in a row last minute, it makes sense that he no-showed Astronomicon last minute because I'm pretty sure it was announced like a day or two before that Project Deadman would not be in the building for Astronomicon. Um, they said they definitely want to work with Mikey Clark, um, but he's slowly getting back into music. You know, he was torn with Kid Rock as his sound engineer, sound guy for his tours. And that's why they haven't been working with him, probably making more money with Kid Rock, I would imagine. You know, he produced one of uh, you know, one of Kid Rock's last hits. That he put out, I don't remember the name of the song, but Von J said it was a a beat. I forget what the sample was, but the beat was originally supposed to be for ICP, according to Violent J. And Mikey Clark had given, given Kid Rock a CD of beats for him to choose from, and that beat was on there, and he took it himself. Violent J said, no hard feelings for that. Kid Rock took it and made it a fucking hit. Which, and he said, pointed out, ICP would have just took that beat and it would have been a cool song, but it wouldn't have been nearly as big than what Kid Rock did to it. So they showed nothing but mad love and respect for Mikey Clark. I hope he comes back for the sixth. I want a full album produced by Mikey Clark for the clowns. I just want a full album from Mike Clark. From ICP. It just needs to happen again. It hasn't happened since Mighty Death Pop. And that was what? 2012? Damn near 10 years ago. So. I'm glad he's got production on the new album. But they're older beats. So. We might be able to tell if they were. Meant for a specific. Joker's card era or not. But time will tell with that. Question came up about. Alex Abyss. Former. CEO and manager of the artists on Psychopathic Records basically 
talked about how he quit. Everybody knows the story, how somebody shot up his house. And apparently that was the last straw for Alex Abyss. Alex Abyss. I don't know how you pronounce it. We'll call him Double A. But that was the last straw for Double A. And he had given ICP the notice that, look, you guys asked me to be the manager. We had a lot of great times. But this isn't necessarily what I wanted to do in life. I'm going to give it five more years and I'm out. And then like a year and a half later, his house got shot the fuck up. And he called them up like, I'm out. Uh, He told them that there was $3 million in the account. And he gave Jay a mil, Shaggy a mil, and he said he took a mil. And they said that was kind of suspicious that there was exactly $3 million in the bank account and everybody got a million. Violet said, what about Billy Bill? He's a Don. He's going to get paid off. So apparently Billy Bill got paid off. He didn't get a mil, but they don't know how much he got. If it was out of Alex's portion of the million or what, where the money came from. They talked about how this dude would just have money stashed at his crib. Shaggy talking about getting like a box full of cash, like 150000 in cash, and just told, go home, hide it. Don't let nobody know you got it. So, basically, you know, they were saying how the one thing about Double A was is that Double A's a snake, but he's on our side. So it sounded like Dude was hiding money. They said he was a gambler. So he could have had money owed out there, whatever, to get his house shot up, whatever. But he just completely disappeared. No one ever fucking heard of him since. Changed his number, moved. Nobody knows where. You know, Jump Steady said that was like his best friend since high school. So for him to dip out like that back in 05, I think it was, maybe 06 was crazy to him. So he to hear them talk about double A, him hiding money, breaking them off a mill a piece, and then just bouncing the fuck out. You know that dude had way more money <laughs> than three mil. Maybe there was three mil in the bank account, but if he was hiding money like they said he was hiding, I want to know. I don't even really care to know, but you know this dude ran off with a shitload of money. And it was always speculation that this dude did run off with a ton of fucking money from Psychopathic Records. So that was that was a good question. And then, of course, we got somebody asked about Twisted, the Twisted Beef. I've debated if I really even want to break this shit down. They really didn't talk about anything new. As far as the Twisted Beef. Everything that they talked about in the Fago Lovers interview in 2017. Was pretty much just regurgitated. During this Don Shoot interview. How Twisted just up and left. Um, you know they were mad about the Abominations promotion. How they didn't press up enough copies. Uh... I'll go through the notes. Fuck it. ICP asked Twisted to keep repping the Hatchet Man. And. I mean if if they want to leave the record label. 
why would they want to keep repping the hatchet man? That's what Big Hoodoo and Ouija Mac are doing. But they're not really trying to build a brand for themselves. It seems like, you know, Hoodoo has ear drug music. Ouija Mac has rotten cake. I don't even know if that's his thing or not. But it doesn't seem like they're trying to build a specific brand. Whereas Twisted, they're doing the Magic Ninja thing. They want to build their own brand. So it makes sense for them to not want to rep the hatchet. I could see where Violent J is coming from. Where he wants them to rep the hatchet. Because like he said, this is the most recognizable image in the Juggalo culture. The hatchet man. 100%. I wouldn't disagree with that at all. But if you want to branch out and do your own thing. Yeah, you're not going to want to rep somebody else's brand. While you're trying to do your own. It ultimately would be confusing to the fans. You know, speculating if you're signed to the label or not. But I get where Violent J is coming from with it. You know, to try to keep the peace. Try to keep the Juggalos minded peace. But although, like I said, I think it would be confusing. If they had an M&E logo and a Hatchet Man logo. So I could see his side. But it definitely makes more sense to not rep that. Uh, let's see. Twisted has the biggest egos. And it hurts them being in ICP shadows. I mean, they all got fucking egos. I did an episode, does Violent J have a God complex? I said 100% this dude has a God complex. Same argument could be made for fucking Twisted and Magic Ninja. Do they have a God complex? God complex. 100% they got a God complex as well. I think you have to, to be in that kind of position, though. So for them to say, um, Twisted has the biggest egos, y'all motherfuckers got big egos, too. Uh, And it hurts them being an ICP shadow. Probably. That's why they want to fucking leave the label. I said it before, I'll say it again. You're signed to a label that's owned by an artist. You're never going to be bigger than said artist. Whether it's lack of promotion because of being on that label. Or just that artist is so big that you can't reach that point. ICP's big, but they ain't that big. Twisted could definitely reach that spot if they haven't already. So them being in the shadows, yeah, that makes fucking 110% why Twisted would want to leave. Why would you want to stay in the shadows of somebody? In the background, you know? You want to be the biggest you possibly could be. The only way to do that is to do it on your own. So to say Twisted has egos, you got egos too. Everybody has an ego. If you're doing any kind of entertainment, content creation, you have an ego. You have to. I refuse to believe that you don't have an ego doing some kind of content creation, music making, whatever. You know, Especially a rapper. I mean, come on. You got to have an ego to do it. what you're doing. Talked about giving them their masters again. You know, said, you know, blackmailing them. Quote, unquote, blackmailing them for not doing the gatherings. Um, for wanting the masters to do the gatherings, whatever. You know, they talked about that in the Fago Lovers. They said Twisted was complaining about not having a good deal. They said they had a 50-50 deal. Which is a good fucking record deal. If you're assigned to a label and you got a 50-50, 
that is a good ass deal. <laughs> you know, I ain't gonna front. So if Twisted really did have a 50-50 deal while on Psychopathic, that is a fucking dope deal because you do not get a 50-50 deal when signed to a record label. You just don't. Kept referring to George and Twisted as a runaway marriage. They kept saying Twisted, uh, I'm sorry, George, the manager, was an employee of Psychopathic Records and how they just ran away like a runaway marriage. I only thought this was funny because Chris Hansen threw in a fucking ad lib. I don't know if anybody caught. He called them runaway brides. (laughs) I had to laugh at that. And it was like in the middle of a fucking Violent J rant. Because this is all this was. was a big ass rant. And he kept referring to it as a runaway marriage. And then Chris Hansen just throws in runaway brides. Nice little jab from Chris Hansen. Dope ad lib if you ask me. Underappreciated. Um, unnoticed if you ask me. I thought that was funny when he said that. So that's why I made that note. Um... Any juggalo recite that reports on M and E, they won't, they don't fuck with. Same with artists who do shows with them. All right. So, Fago lovers. Apparently, ICP don't fuck with Fago lovers. I don't know how many juggalo websites that exist at this point. You know, Fago lovers has been and always will be the number one website. Um. But if you report on Twisted, ICP don't fuck with you. I don't believe that to be true. That could be maybe some kind of scare tactic they're putting out there. I don't know. But even if not, I don't believe that to be true at all. That if you report on Twisted or Emony, they don't fuck with you. I don't know why they threw that out there. Probably just in the heat of the moment. It's a stupid fucking comment if you ask me. Same with artists who do shows with them. Yes and no. I don't know if if I believe that to be true. Ritz has done shit with Twisted and Ritz was on the Fearless Fred Fury tour, if I remember correctly. So I don't believe that to be true as well. You know, they talked about the Juggalo March, how Twisted refused to do the Juggalo March. Um, They think Twisted and Emini think nothing about, think... Thinks about nothing but psychopathic and ICP. I don't believe that to be true at all. If you watch Monoxide streams, yeah, he's salty over shit, how shit ended, whatever. Can't blame the guy. Can't blame ICP for being salty as well. You know? Um, but I fucking highly doubt that Twisted and Eminem think about nothing but psychopathic and ICP. And they said they make moves just to piss them off. There could be some truth in to the to that. It could be some truth to that, even if it don't make business sense. They said mm, it's a stretch, but there could be truth to that. Uh, Twisted is Violent J's least favorite group they've toured with. That is a fucking that cannot be true. He's saying that because he's mad at Twisted right now in the moment, and has been for the last few years. I don't believe that to be true. You know, they all said that they were like best friends back in the day. They were really close fucking homies. So him saying that in the moment, being angry, 
makes sense, but I do not believe that Violent J's least favorite group that he's toured with is Twisted. I don't believe that. And that pretty much sums up the whole fucking half hour that they took to talk shit on Twisted. It's the, it was the Fago Lovers interview all over again. So, whatever. I don't really give a fuck. Doesn't fucking sway me one direction or another. Still love both groups, right? But the one thing about this whole fucking beef that it, it gets me to think, it's like, everybody's playing the victim on here. ICP's playing the victim, how Twisted just up and left and took George with them and they supposedly do shit just to piss them off and same with Twisted. They're the victims because the record deal that they were in, Abominations wasn't promoted properly, didn't have enough copies, ICP owns their masters, whatever. Everybody's playing the victim in this shit, right? I'm kind of sick of the fucking beef. I really am. I really debated on even talking about this shit. But they did talk about it during the show, so I guess I got to cover it. But I'm just sick of the fucking beef. Even though it it rarely gets brought up these days, it does get brought up every once in a while by Monoxide during his live streams. But he seems to like, he'll talk about shit that he had good times during that, you know, touring times, whatever. You know, the time he talked about Shaggy being one of his best friends and he misses him. But I think until these dudes actually sit down and have a fucking conversation, this is what it is for the time being. It's not going to end anytime soon. And I'm just glad that there's no blatant shit slinging from either party. You could say Twisted has subliminals on their records. I believe they do, 100%. ICP had some subliminals on Fearless Fred Fury, 100%. Um, I don't know. I, I, could, I could honestly give a fuck at this point. Really don't care. Now, I'm sure fucking some juggalos had a fucking wet dream when Violent J was shitting all over Twisted. And I'm sure some fucking ninjas fucking creamed their pants when Twisted talked shit about ICP. But I'm fucking sick of it. I really am. It doesn't get brought up blatantly that much anymore, which is good. But it just is what it is at this point. They spent a lot of fucking time during the Don Shoot interview talking about it. And it's just a waste of time, if you ask me. Nothing that they didn't cover during that Fago Lovers interview. So that was it for the Twisted Shit Slinging Fest. Um, you know, when they, when he talked about Twisted being his least favorite group to perform with, they asked, what was your, what, what's your favorite group to perform with? And Violent J said Ouija Mac. And this is when he confirmed that Ouija Mac is still the only artist signed to Psychopathic. But he said Ouija Mac is his favorite, favorite artist to tour with. Sounds like it's his favorite artist in the underground right now. And I don't blame him because Ouija Mac is the fucking man. Gutter water, not gutter water, sorry, Wasteland, November 6th, a week and a half away, you know, just under two weeks. 
This dude's dropping the third element, dropping the fourth project this year. Dude reps the Hatchet Man. Even you know he's still technically signed to the label, according to Violent J. You know he said he was a fan of Swag Tooth, which I was a fan of Swag Tooth as well. I wasn't heavily deep into it as I am now with Ouija Mac, but I was a fan of Swag Tooth. So to hear Violent J and Shaggy talk about Ouija like that is is fucking dope, and I'm sure it's validating for Ouija. So that's fucking fresh. And that's the only notes I have. One other thing they talked about was that I remembered was wanting to start a girl group. This was fucking weird. Starting a girl group with three girls, three teenage girls, 16 years old, 17, Violent J was saying. Talk about doing some like, because they, they had asked about the Looney Goons project. What was up with Looney Goons? And that's how we brought up, got brought up to this. Originally, it was an idea of a girl group project, three girls, where they would do like EDM style beats and then classic hip hop beats during the choruses or some shit. And then EDM, you know, EDM type style beats for the verses, hooks or whatever, you know, something like that. But... It never worked out. Violent J swears by the idea. I'm glad that idea never happened. Fucking 100%. That would be just not something Juggalos would want to hear at this point. You got to figure Juggalos. What is the demographic of Juggalos at this point? Are there really that many new younger Juggalos? I know they're out there 100%. But I got to imagine at least half the fan base at this point is people my age, mid-30s, you know? I don't know. I could be wrong. But what is the demographic of Juggalos? Am I interested in a teenage, a girl teenage group? I don't even know how to fucking dyslexia, motherfucker. I'm not interested in an all-girl group of teenage girls. Here we go. I think I got it. Not interested, though. So I'm glad that idea didn't happen. But they were going to take the beats, you know, the idea of using, like, new style beats with the old school Beastie Boys style beats was is what they were comparing it to for Looney Goons. Looney Goons would have been a dope project. ICP, Hoodoo, Ouija, Light, you know, would have been dope. No talk of anybody killer. Now that I think about it, no talk of anybody kill us. So it sounds like maybe because ABK fucking with Twisted, even though he was boys with Twisted before ICP, no love for Killer during this Don Shoot interview. So maybe they cut him off because he fucks with Twisted and Magic Ninja. So the Don Shoot interview with Chris Hansen was okay. There were some good questions. I've you know, I'm going to go back and watch this last 15 minutes that I didn't get to watch a second time. And, but it was a lot of shit that we already knew. The double A story was cool. Them talk about Mikey Clark was cool. Shaggy opening up about his alcoholism was, you know, it was dope to hear. But other than that, is shit we heard a million times. It's kind of disappointing. But it had its moments. Still worth the watch, though. Even with all the 
you know, the shit fling fest that they had there for about a half hour. And then this Saturday night, this past Saturday night, they had ICP's historical tour. They visited all the old psychopathic offices, the one that started in Double A's mom's basement, their first uh, real office in Novi, Michigan, I believe, during the Riddle Box, Great Malenko era, and then the office that they were currently at up until they sold it, you know, from Jekyll Brothers era up until this year. They went to all those places. They visited Violent J's childhood home, Shaggy Two Dope's childhood home, and then they went and visited the road, like uh, Cass Corridor, Military Street, uh, Werner. Where else? Did I say the road? You know, they visited the road. It was a dope, it was a dope watch. I was fucking, and it's going to be included as a DVD with the merch pack for the Hollow Wicked, you know, the House Party Peep Show, which is fresh. It's definitely a dope watch. It'll be uploaded to YouTube, I'm fucking sure. But if you didn't, um, if you were thinking about checking it out or not, I was fucking thoroughly entertained by them talking about all the old, you know, how they came up, basically. Dope show, dope stream from ICP. And then this week is the last week of the House Party Peep Show. This Monday, we got Top 5 Freshness, the Oddcast podcast. They're going to be doing a lot of Top 5 lists, movies, albums. Who the fuck knows? Maybe ICP albums. That'd be interesting. How they would break down their own albums. That'd be fucking cool to hear them talk about their Top 5 favorites. Um, but yeah, Top 5 Freshness going down this Monday. Wednesday, you produce ICP. I forgot about this. They're going to be in the studio making three songs, I think, taking suggestions from the chat, and basically, you know, will be the producers of the song, featuring Straight Jacket, Wednesday night. That'll be probably... That's kind of actually 50-50 how that'll go. But I like in-studio, behind-the-scenes shit. I just love it. As boring as it may be to a lot of people, I just, I love that shit. So I definitely would like to see how ICP works in the studio. You know, they should put out a DVD, like a making of an album, like Tech 9 used to do. That'd be dope. But anyway. And then Saturday, Hollow Wicked, acoustic concert with Ouija Mac, Big Hoodoo, Clownvis, Rude Boy, and DJ Carlito. Haven't seen Rude Boy at all this month. But the House Party Peep Show ends this week. Hollow Wicked. The image of the fifth Joker's card will be revealed during Hollow Wicked. What the fuck is it going to look like? Is it going to look dope? Nah. Just going to have to wait and see, but I'll definitely be tuned in for that. So that was ICP's House Party Peep Show. This week, one more week left. Definitely looking forward to that shit. Now let's get into a couple more tidbits before we bounce the fuck up out of here. We're already 56 minutes in. I didn't even think I was going to make it a half hour. I didn't think there was that much to talk about, but here we are. Donnie Menace. This dude's been putting it down in the underground for years. 
I've been following this dude since he dropped the Threat mixtape back in fucking like 07, 08, something like that. He dropped his brand new single this past Friday, Bleeding Tongue. Shit's dope. Bumped it a few times. He's on LSP, Lyrical Snuff Productions. This track is fire. If you've never heard Donnie Menace, just go peep it. Either you, you know, I think dude's dope. And it's definitely worth the listen. So shout out to Donnie Menace. Can't wait for that album to drop on LSP. I'll definitely be peeping that shit. Dude is a fucking problem in the underground. And you gotta peep him. Stop sleeping on him. And then we got brand new single from Blaze. Blaze dropped a brand new single. Um, The third, technically I think the fourth single off his upcoming Cadaver album. I'm going to pull it up in Apple Music, but I did listen to it, and I did listen to, excuse me, his last single that he put out a couple weeks back. And to be honest, the first single that he put out, Amaji, was fucking fire. Really dope song. Then he put out I'm Dead. Eh, it was, I don't know, it was okay. And then he put out Be My Guest. Eh, again, it was just okay. Um, the other single that was released, that was released last year actually, was They Say featuring Jelly Roll. That song's fire as well. So four songs out of 16 on the album. Two out of the four. It's 50-50 right now for me on the songs. This new one, Be My Guest, is just is okay, is okay I guess. I'd like to hear how it fits in with the album. But Blaze is dropping this Friday. October 30th, Devil's Night, Cadaver. The first new album from Blaze in, what, four years? The most consistent, inconsistent artist in this Juggalo scene. (laughs) As far as solo albums goes. Because he does stay busy with group projects. But as far as solo shit, dude takes forever. But I'm hype. Always hype for new Blaze. There's always at least a handful of good songs on all his shit. And that's without a doubt. So Cadaver dropping this Friday. And then Necronomicron 2. Fuck you talking about, Roan? Well, Billy Obey took to fucking Facebook on his personal page. Talking about expect a brand new LP from Allah Zulilu earliest Earlyish next year. A little something for you to smoke to. Deja vu. Hashtag LLE. Hashtag MNE. Hashtag Deja Vu. Alright. Something to smoke to. Deja Vu. Necronomicon Part 2 will be dropping early 2021. These dudes just put out Mausoleum, what, last week, I think? Or the week before? I tried. I fucking tried with the album. I really did. It's just, it's not for me. A lot of people love it, but not for me. I'm curious to hear what sound they're going to go with for Necronomicron Part 2. And this is just speculation that it's Necronomicron Part 2. We're just going to have to wait and see, but that's what I'm going to call it for now. And I want to hear what kind of sound that they're going to go with for this next project. But hype to hear that these dudes are already working on new music 
Why the fuck not? The quarantine is still pretty much in a heavily in effect. And I hope everybody's staying safe out there. So it makes sense for these dudes to be fucking right back in the studio working on new music. Because you can't tour. You can't do any of that shit. I'm hyped. Fucking mega hyped. And that's going to wrap it up this week. And speaking of quarantine, I want to give a shout out, now that I remember it, to class of Underground Avengers. He's on LSP. Lyrical Snuff Productions. He has been inactive on social media the last couple weeks. And he confirmed that he had tested positive for the fucking Rona. He tested positive for it. And he says he's asymptomatic. He feels good outside of leg cramps. Um, But I'm glad to hear that class is doing good. And... He was supposed to do the Shy One show this past weekend, but couldn't do it because of the positive test. He says he's quarantining, staying away from everything. It sucks, but it is what it is. And I'm, you know, I hope he, you know, speedy recovery. Hope he tests positive. Hope he tests negative. I'm sorry. Sooner rather than later. He was talking about getting tested uh, sometime soon. So shout out to the homie class. Get better. Glad to hear that you're asymptomatic, not really feeling any symptoms. And I hope everybody's staying safe out there. Shit is no joke. Shit has not gone anywhere. And people people are acting like it is. I know the fucking ain't gone anywhere. Shit's still very active. Taking people out. But that's gonna wrap it up this week. We are fucking an hour in. I honestly didn't think we were going to get a fucking half hour of a show today. I was like, damn, we going back to the old format of a short-ass show. People are going to be pissed. Here we are, an hour in. Much fucking love if you're still here. Let me know in the comments if you're on YouTube. Hit me up on my socials if you're still tuned in at this one minute, two seconds. I'm Ron Bona Beneath the Dirt Podcast. And until next time, I'm out. Peace.